0: This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.
1: Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene. From ancient grudge break to new mutiny, Where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, A pair of star-crossed lovers take their life, Whose misadventures piteous overthrows Do with their death bury their parents' strife.
2: Hello and welcome to our series, Novels, Plays and School Days. Today, we're looking at the junior cert and Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. We are joined again by the students of Larkin Community College and their teacher, Miss Fallon. So Romeo and Juliet is probably Shakespeare's most famous play. Um, I would say it's the one the general public is most familiar with. But why has it such longevity? Why is it still on the school curriculum?
3: I think it's still on the syllabus because it's still relevant and relatable. Most teenagers nowadays can relate to what it's being portrayed in the story and the line of it. And,
2: and were you surprised at Juliet's age? I mean, I think she's only like twelve or thirteen in the play.
0: That was normal back then, wasn't it? To get married at thirteen, and once What's you're that? like officially a young woman, you can get married and have kids. And
4: yeah, uh, it was expected nearly. Yeah. You know, and and Juliet didn't have a choice, which is probably not relatable to people nowadays. Mm. But mm. the story itself, the forbidden love. Do you think that's still?
0: Relevant. Yeah, not as like severe cases. Like maybe like, <laughs> your mom's like, no, you're not staying now. Not, not as <laughs> the case <right? laughs>
2: Have you seen any of the film versions of the play? I suppose the one I'm familiar with is Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet, which I think you're all definitely too young for. The, so, you know, one, the one with
0: DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. No.
2: No.
5: Baz Luhrmann's <coughs> the one that they would
0: have seen yeah. Since they portray it in a modern way and like guns are used instead of swords and rapiers and... Uh, when you first see it, and there's the way it's shot as well. Some parts of it are really weird, and it's not like a normal movie. But then, when mm. you realise that, like, he's using different things to interpret other things, that like it took me ages to get used to it. But halfway through the movie, it kind of kind of clicks, and then you know what's going on. Yeah. Mm. It takes takes a while though.
4: I think for students, um, they can become confused because I've often had answers with, them, and then Romeo takes out his gun. Okay. You know, it can confuse the students a little bit, but mm. I, I think it's enjoyable, though, the film, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. enjoyable. And it's good to remember the key scenes. So a lot of the kids, they, they know of Baz Luhrmann's version, and um, they're like, can we just watch the film, can we just watch the film? But it's important that you read really the play first.
6: You know, what is a director but a storyteller? And I think that it's the storytellers of a particular generation's responsibility to reveal anew those classic texts which have affected or moved us throughout time and, and throughout the ages, really. The thing I really set out to do was to smash what I like to call kind of club Shakespeare. You have to be a member of the club to understand it. I mean, this man, this 26-year-old writer, wrote this fantastic play so that everybody could understand it, so that everybody could be affected by it. And that's really what we want to do, is bring it back for everybody. People think of Romeo and Juliet being for the young, and it is, of course. but. It really speaks, I think, actually to the older generation because what it is about is that if an older generation hands down its baggage of hatred, if a new generation comes into a world of learned hate, if if an older generation hands down its baggage, its negative baggage, they're going to end up with tragedy, they're going to end up with dead kids, they're going to end up, as a result of that, with innocents being killed and destroyed. And that is an incredibly important message. So turning our attention
2: to Romeo and Juliet and the type of questions that are asked of students on the junior cert and one of the one of the questions that comes up is in relation to themes what are the themes in Romeo and Juliet and obviously love is one of the themes in Romeo and Juliet but it's a particular type of love it's, it's tragic love and what is your interpretation of what tragic love means
0: It's like a setting Boundaries on who you want to love preventing you from loving someone or you're showing your emotions to that person.
4: Does he use the, the theme of love to comment on how wrong society or the bars that society puts on people? Yeah, he might. uses
3: it as like to show how, like, the flaws in that time and what was expected of people and how wrong it was. He was using it to show, like, that there shouldn't be such boundaries Yeah, on love. And
4: because the ramifications of that can lead to. What happened happened
3: with Romeo and Juliet, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's good that he kind of went against the tide in the sense that he showed what was wrong in that era and what shouldn't have been happening.
2: And what do you think audiences would have thought of Romeo and Juliet when they went to see it during the the time it was written, during Shakespeare's lifetime? Do you think it would have been a shocking narrative to them?
0: Well, when you you first see it, it seems a bit ridiculous that someone would do that and preventing two people to love each other due to just a name but when you think about it it's not if you think about it in different parts of the world or even in where you are from it still happens today like
2: yeah and throughout the play what's interesting or maybe it's reflective of the tragic nature of love in the play but when shakespeare writes about love in romeo and juliet he often writes about it um, in terms of a death or using the metaphors and imagery of death. So it seems that the two are very much related. Love is
4: constantly referenced as hate and I suppose it's a fine line between the two.
5: Oh, brawling love. Oh, loving hate. Oh, anything of nothing first created. Oh, heavy lightness, serious vanity. Misshapen chaos of well-seeming forms. Feather of lead, bright smoke, cold fire, sick health. Still waking sleep, that is not what it is. This love feel I, that feel no love in this.
2: So looking at the questions and how they appear on the junior cert around Romeo and Juliet, one of the questions was from a play you have studied, choose a theme or issue you enjoyed and explain why you enjoyed it. So there you're looking for, again, that whole subject of themes is arising, but you're being asked for why you enjoyed it yourself.
0: Talk about uh, the contrasts in the play or the contrasts in the play, right? Like, uh, a yeah. The fact that two families are battling, that would be a contrast because they both hate each other. Or the, or the fact that there's also a lot of violence in the, in the play, but there's also the fact that there's love between Romeo and Juliet. Like, that's two different contrasts. Like, you wouldn't find that in a situation, hate and love.
2: And what about those characters of Tybalt and Mercutio? What do they represent in the play itself? And they, they kind of represent the extreme manifestation of the feud between the two warring families.
3: They're there to show us what can happen if hate is passed on. Yeah. Without really thinking about it.
0: Yeah. I know that if they weren't in the play and uh, if you didn't like that character, there'd still be a story, but if you didn't have them, it wouldn't be such a good story. Like,
5: Oh, she dot teach the torches to burn bright. It seems she hangs upon the cheek of night, like a rich jewel in an Ethiop's ear. Beauty too rich for use, for earth too dear. So shows a snowy dove trooping with crows, As yonder lady o'er her fellows shows. The measure done, I'll watch her place of stand, And touching hers, make blessed my rude hand. Did my heart love till now, Forswear it sight? For I ne'er saw true beauty till this night.
1: Fetch me my rapier, boy. What dares the slave come hither, covered with an antic face to fleer and scorn at our solemnity? Now, by the stock and honour of my kin, to strike him dead, I hold it not a sin.
4: Why does Tybalt constantly fight, and why does Mercutio constantly look for fights. So looking out for Romeo and Julia So the love for the two of them causes them, the rest of them to fight against each other and ultimately leads to their demise as well Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's uh, where the love and the hate intermix again Mm -hmm. that it's due to Tybalt's love for his family and family honour (coughs) and it's due to Mercutio's um, loyalty to Romeo that leads them to fight. But it's their manner and the way that they're so aggressive and violent towards each other that I suppose
3: leads us to you live by the sword to die by the sword, well, yeah, yeah. more or less. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and from the first moment that Tybalt sees Romeo, he vows that he will kill Romeo. And right there from the start, as Romeo's has fallen in love with Juliet, Tybalt is vowing to kill him. So again, that whole thing of death and hatred as intertwined with love. And the imagery of love is very important in the play, also. And Shakespeare uses particular types of imagery around love so that when Romeo sees Juliet for the first time or sees her on the balcony, he speaks about her almost in religious terms. He speaks about her almost as if she's a deity or a goddess.
0: He he explains her like she's almost as if unreal, like not a real person, like as if uh, she wasn't a real human being, like she's an an angel or...
2: Yeah, so she is, kind of. Do you think Romeo has a very naive vision of yeah. love? Yeah,
3: definitely. Mm. He's too young to be thinking like that. He's, yeah. so, he's very impulsive as well.
0: That's very, like, that's very, that's also, you could debate that that's very mature for someone of, like, 15 or 16 to say that. Like, that's very, yeah.
4: Well, I, well, myself and Paolo were saying in classes that we have to remember he was in love with, who was he in love with at the start? Uh, what's her name Rosaline uh, yeah so all oh, of a sudden yeah. from one woman he mm. goes to another one so that's so very immature it's, that's, that would be quite immature uh, he seems to fall in love very easily he just thinks in love so do you think he actually was in love with Julia or do you think that he just thought he was
0: Was like in love to, with the thought of her yeah. yeah. He's infatuated
4: yeah. with her more so than in love or yeah. do you think
0: it's more like the things he made up in his head more like the way he, he, just made he himself thought thing. of her instead of the way she actually was because before yeah. he even met her and talked to her he like he made up things in his head, like, oh, she's eyes like the stars, or she's an angel, or she's she's so beautiful. But he, yeah. he really never actually talked to her, and he's more infatuated with what he thought in his head, she was like.
4: Do you remember Makusho um, and um, Ben Benvolio <coughs> ben say, you know, come to the party and examine other beauties? And he said, oh, I couldn't possibly. Because you know, he, he had his eye on Because he's so in love with Rosaline. Mm. And then the minute he sees Juliet, he... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Beautiful
3: woman, no,
2: On the junior cert, what often comes up is character progression. Did the characters in the play progress? Did they change, develop throughout the story? And looking at Romeo's character, do you think his character changed? Did it grow or develop throughout the play? And did you like Romeo's character? Did you like Romeo in the play?
3: I don't think I respected him because he was very impulsive and he didn't... He was just... Yeah, he was very impulsive.
2: And how do you think he progressed...
3: Throughout the play, did he change for the better? Or? Yeah, you can see how it. it's kind of like, um, not a journey, but it's kind of like how it shows how he progressively, his emotions and his feelings and how he kind of overall acts, gets darker and darker, where it gets to the point where he actually kills someone. Mm. And then after that, you can kind of see the change in him. He's not the innocent kind of playful person he was at the start of the play he's kind of like he's changed enough for the better where i think when he first started talking about juliet he kind of thought well maybe it's kind of like rosaline and i can get over it again but after killing um Tibbles, t- 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 that's it yeah. <laughs> yeah um, he kind of there's, seals the deal <laughs> yeah no yeah. point of return he just he gets like really messed no, really up and yeah. dark after that
2: and the scene where Romeo is with the Friar, uh, he's with Friar Lawrence and he's, he's kind of freaking out and Friar Lawrence is saying the sentence that's been handed down to him is not as bad as it could be but he's not really handling it well Romeo, is he? He's, you know, he's freaking out.
0: Yeah. He's like Gabriel. at the start of the movie when uh, he's, it's kind of like he's kind of depressed that he's all mopey because he loves Rosaline and he doesn't know what to do about it. Whenever they ask where Romeo is, you, they say he's he's not up to his full spirits, like. And you, it's, it kind of reminds you, like, and everyone in the family, like uh, Benvolio, they're all kind of told to protect Romeo. Uh, so he, it's always kind of like he's put as a child, more mm-hmm. as, like, a child's mentality in the play. Like, uh, everyone has to look after, like, their little brother and, like, as if he's, like, the favourite child or something, like, and everyone wants to look after him. And then when he goes through it, he, like... Progressively, you could say matures, but it's not really mature to go around killing people, I guess.
1: Here from Verona art thou banished. Be patient, for the world is broad and wide.
5: There is no world without Verona walls, but purgatory, torture, hell itself. Hence banished, is banished from the world, and world's exile is death, then banished is death mistermed. Calling death banished, thou cuttest my head off with a golden
1: axe, and smilest upon the stroke that murders me. O oh, deadly sin, O oh, rude unthankfulness. Thy fault our law calls death, but the kind prince taking thy part hath rushed aside the law, and turned that black word death to banishment. This is dear mercy, and thou seest it not. Tis torture and not mercy. Heaven is
5: here where Juliet lives, and every cat and dog and little mouse, every unworthy thing, live here in heaven, and may look on
1: her, but Romeo may not. (sighs) Thou fond madman, Hear me a little speak Oh thou wilt speak again of banishment I'll give thee armour to keep off that word Adversity's sweet milk Philosophy to comfort thee Though thou art banished
5: Yet banished? Hang up philosophy Unless philosophy can make a Juliet This planted town Reverse a prince's doom
1: It helps not It prevails not Talk no more. Oh, then I see that mad men have no ears.
3: It's like a big game of chess, really, if you think about it. You have the two families. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, the dads are the kings. And then you have the wives, who are the queens. And then Romeo's kind of like the knight. And the pawns are supposed to protect the knight. Mm. but you know they don't really know. but
4: there's a theme there um, that we were discussing before about fate there's a strong mm. theme of fate from the get go from the mm. prologue For, like from the beginning the audience knew when they went in to see the play what was going to happen yeah what was the, the quote two, star two star star cross, cross lovers in star 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 Fair yeah. Verona exactly yeah and they're basically told that, that their lives will, you know, their lives will end at the end of the play mm. so from, from an audience perspective do you think that it would be enjoyable going into a play to know the ending at the start it's like a spoiler
0: is it? Yeah, yeah, it is like it's a spoiler. like going to watch a movie so why later. do you
4: think he did that why do you think that he didn't do, or surprise people at the end or because
3: something? it it's like some films you're told you to know, when a film starts at the end and works mm. its way back you know what's going to happen at the end but you it haven't it makes it interesting yeah. like you want to
0: know what's going to happen yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you want to like you know how end, it's yeah. going to happen yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's so like some people process. get enjoyment out of watching the end of a movie and then some people get an enjoyment of seeing how it builds up to the end of the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same, kind of.
4: And so the theme of fate then, like, can you exp- explore that a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Like, what what happens that they cannot control? And this couple of quotes.
3: The hatred between the two families.
4: Well, that's something that, that's out of their control. It's been yeah. there for generations. Anything else that's out of their control?
0: That, uh, you know Julia has to get married to Paris like that's that's yeah going to be and fate. it's actually
4: brought forward isn't it <coughs> yeah. uh, it was meant to be um the
0: it date was meant was to be three, I
4: think or three days after mm, three and days, it was yeah. brought it was brought forward to the Thursday to the Thursday <laughs> exactly and she was made married Paris which was out of her control. we had a
0: free class while going you <laughs> ended up watching the movie again yeah and it's just brilliant because when I was watching it when you watch it again after like going over the play you realise how many things like the way they portray it in the movie is actually happening happened in the play like it shows and. They try to show how close Romeo was to getting the news yeah. that she's not really dead, that she's just, yes. she's just taking a potion and she's basically asleep.
4: And, yeah. and the fact that, you know, Juliet, she wakes up just as he's yeah. taking yeah. the potion as well. So it's just the whole time as an audience member, you're on the yeah, edge I'm of your frustrated. seat. Yeah. You get frustrated as well. You're like, oh my God, this is, yeah. <laughs> is going to happen. So you had a great way of keeping us on the edge of our seats. Does anyone remember how Romeo felt before going to the Capulet Ball?
0: He said there was something about that night, like it was, there was something in the stars that was going to happen. In the stars. He, yeah. Yeah.
4: he had a gut feeling that something was going to happen. Yeah. And for no reason. Um, and then when Juliet's talking to the nurse, she makes a very funny comment as well. You remember that? About calling, instead of calling it her marriage bed, she calls it her death, death, death. bed. as Does she sleep in a grave? Yeah. It's a very strange comment to make. Um, it's like they're foreshadowing what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. At the end.
5: I fear too early, for my mind misgives, some consequence yet hanging in the stars, shall bitterly begin his fearful date with this night's revels and expire the term of a despised life closed in my breast by some vile forfeit of untimely death.
2: And what do you think of Juliet's character? If you're talking about contrasts between characters, Juliet and Romeo are, are very different, aren't they?
0: She yeah. has a lot more restraints on her. Like Romeo just kind of, even in the movie, like he kind of goes around the city and uh, does what he wants and he's looking at girls and he t- thinks he likes Rosaline. But uh, Juliet just is kind of locked away in a room, has servants on her all the time and uh, has a close eye. But I think it's more because... It, more of the role of women back then like that's just kind of like for a woman you just say you're getting married to him and that's what's going to happen and so she was just kept in a room while well, he has a lot more freedom
4: and do you think um, that's the same nowadays That uh, yeah. do you think it's equals or do you think it's still a little bit in favour of, of the, the males shall we say it's still but, in favour of the males yeah. Yeah. yeah how so it's like they have what you call it um,
3: double standards yeah, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> girls get a lot more like If we do something like, we get like a lot more, like judged if a than a boy does something. Like if a boy was to do something stupid, like they'd just be like, "Oh, he's a boy, that's okay." But a girl, he's having a laugh. Yeah, but if a girl was to do it, she'd be like stupid and she'd be like unrespectful
5: and it'd be just wrong.
0: Especially if like if people are going out as well, like. say if you're going out when you're like 15 or 16, you know, when, if it's a boy, there's like okay, just make sure you're safe, but if it's a girl, it's like uh, if your brother's going out as well you're like, oh, make sure you look after your sister because <laughs> yeah. they feel like they're almost as if they can't protect themselves or something but it's really it's really not the case like.
2: And what do we think of Julia's progression? Does she progress? Does her character get stronger? Yeah, or? she
0: gets a lot more, like at the start she wouldn't uh, object to her parents' decisions or she yeah. just, but then then she kind of gets the power from the love that she has for Romeo. She realises that uh, she'd do almost anything for him and uh, she objects her parents a lot more and then she fakes the whole... She fakes her death just to be with Romeo and she really objects to her parents. I yeah. think
4: um, she's actually quite brave because... Uh, I don't know, do you remember, but the father, her father said that he would actually put her out in the streets if she disobeyed yeah, yeah. him. Didn't yeah. Yeah.
3: Like, her father, like, choke her Well,
4: in the film, he was very aggressive with her.
3: Yeah, he was really, like... Yeah. Straightforward about it, the yeah. ma was afraid of him <coughs> and all. It was the kind man of
4: left and all. She had no support, up. I suppose. I suppose Romeo would have had his friends to support him, yeah. whereas Juliet, her all she has is the nurse. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Her mother's, her and her le- mother don't have the best of relationships. Um, her father is very, how would you say, aggressive, very violent man, seemingly. Yeah. Um, so she actually, in my eyes, I would say she's a lot braver than Romeo because she has yeah. really no one to support her I think that's
3: why she mostly that's probably the most reason she falls in love with Romeo is because he's the only real kind of respectable man in her life that she can kind of not look up to but rely on and talk to
2: and also in the balcony scene Juliet tries to get Romeo to to calm down to, to think straight to be sensible when he says he swears his love on the moon and she says no don't swear on the moon the moon constantly changes, swearing something more constant. And, you know, she, she has a kind of a, a wariness. She's she's more sensible. She She's kind of more aware of, of what this match between them would mean.
3: I think they kind of balance <coughs> each other out. It, she, because she's... They kind of need each other in a way because Juliet is locked up and no freedom. And I think Romeo represents this, like impulse of freedom that she was never used to. And Romeo was kind of used to people going along with him and because they're supposed to look after him, just basically doing whatever he's saying. But Julia kind of like stands against that. And she's like, no, don't do that. Think of it this way. Yeah, it's and, more rational thinking yeah. than irrational. Thinking. So they kind of balance each other out in a way.
2: Another question that comes up over the years is the whole area of key scenes. And in 2014, you're asked, choose a moment from a play you've studied that is in your viewpoint, a dramatic turning point in the play. Describe what happens and why it's a turning point.
0: I think I think we done that question after. Yeah, it was when yeah, Romeo killed Tybalt. Tybalt, something. like that's a real point where you realize, even if he no longer loved, it just got real Juliet. Like he, everything severely, especially since he got exiled. And if they really loved each other, they'd have to like risk basically risk their lives, to yeah. continue to love her.
2: And any other key scenes or important scenes in the play dramatic turning points what about the balcony scene
4: this is where the love story begins as such oh, obviously they see each other at the ball but their co- first co- proper it's, conversation yeah that's so, where they <clears throat> first say to each other as well deny thy father and refuse thy name yeah what's that mean
0: like they're willing to give up their give name. up everything just for them yeah. like.
4: so that's a massive turning point where they're declaring that they will forget their hmm. name which was obviously a huge deal back then where you come from your heritage and um, patronage everything so that was a huge turn of point
2: wasn't it yeah. yeah and another key scene that i picked out was the scene where juliet is told by her parents that she is to marry paris and why do you think i picked that out as a key scene
0: it results in actually them if you think about it, it results in them committing suicide because it pushes the whole thing forward and then he has to send out the letter and uh like it, the whole thing becomes a lot more intensified again because there's a short time period and she has to find out what to do and she's really worried and I, th- I think she says at one stage that she's going to take her life in any way but then he convinces her to talk to the friar or, and the friar says take the, take the potion we'll warn Ro- Romeo
2: and another point about that scene is it really shows you the position of women in society at that time and how as the daughter; she was just seen as property, to to be sold off at a marriage of convenience, and it's also a key scene in the progression of Juliet's character too.
3: Against C. D. and our rebel, and yeah.
4: yeah, she's a lot so, more decisive. Yeah, and you know, becomes a little bit more braver. I suppose. Yeah, she was very. Yeah. She was very unsure at the start. with was always Romeo pushing forward the relationship, pushing yeah. forward the idea of being. He was married. a bit pushy, wasn't he? <laughs> 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 <Stanton>. <laughs> Um, but now we see a turning point. So, if you're talking about character development as well, that would be a good. Point.
0: She becomes a lot more independent in herself. Like, she realises that uh, instead of other people making decisions for her, she really uh, she... T- uh, puts the foot down. down. Yeah, she really puts mm. the foot down. She, like, she really. risks
4: for Romeo. Yeah. Starts yeah. looking Lots after herself. Yeah. And she took that potion, she didn't know what was going to happen to her. <laughs>
2: You've been listening to Novels, Plays and School Days and today we were talking to the students of Larkin Community College about Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. If you'd like to listen to the programme again, it's available on podcast from our website nearfm.ie.
0: This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee.